We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Here comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 287 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am Heroes Tyler, joined by two guys, as always, Mr. McPart. Here, boys, how are we feeling? Feeling great, man. The Lions are about to take over the lead. They're about to go to the Super. No, I'm kidding. I'm doing great, man. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? Woo! What is going on, man? Yeah, there was a little, uh, little delay, but I'm here. Uh, Pierre, no need to say you're just kidding. You was for real. Can I, I can hear your voice. You was for real. You was dead serious when you said that. And don't worry, man. I, I'm I'm with you. Let's go, man. Oh, what they say? The the the, the North goes through us. Uh, the NFC go through us. Well, it's gonna be the whole NFC. That whole NFC is gonna go through us. Let's go, man. Like, okay, I think they they're gonna make the playoffs and potentially host the playoff playoffs. Game, but once you're in. <laughs> That was me. Talk about the playoffs. 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 Uh, All jokes aside, though, like I I do think they can make some noise if they get in. They get a home game, but I I think shoot ball is a little too early to talk about right now. Let's go. Well, let's talk about the draft where you can get some key players to help contribute for this potential run that you guys are mentioning. But so if you guys haven't caught on, we're doing a three round mock draft, which is one of my favorite episodes that we do every year. We usually do like two of these every year, so we could probably do another one right before the draft. But this is the month away from the draft three round mock. So this is one of my favorite episodes. So we're going to do that in this episode before we do all that. We got to talk about some Lions news that happened over the week since our last episode. So if you haven't listened to our last episode, we kind of recapped all of the Lions for agency. You know, the Cam Sutton, the Gardner Johnson, Manuel Mosley, et cetera, et cetera. We did all that in our last episode. But there was some more news that has happened since that episode. So let's get right into that. So the Lions signed, or I guess you could not re-sign, but reunion, another reunion. Wide receiver Marvin Jones on a one-year deal worth up to $5 million, $3 million guaranteed. What's your guys' thoughts on bringing back MJJ in Detroit? 
I love it uh, because Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown, they had DJ Chark, but Chark was still kind of a young receiver. Not like as a vet. Like He hasn't seen as much as Marv has seen. Marv's been elite. He's 32. I believe he – was he a team captain with Jacksonville last year? I'm not positive, honestly. I'm not sure about that. But either way, he's a leader. And he's also only missed, I believe, two games in the last three seasons. So he's very reliable. Um, obviously, I think a healthy Chark is better. But Marvin Jones, I think he's coming in for his leadership. Not necessarily his – I mean, he's a good player, two wide receiver, three wide receiver, four. But I think they mainly brought him in for his leadership to show the young these young guys the ropes and whoever they potentially draft as well. Um, he's, 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 he also has his business here that nothing but cake still. So I, I love the signing man where you, everyone's coming back to Detroit. All the homies are back in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy I mentioned if they weren't able to bring back a DJ Chark, I thought this was a move that I thought made sense for the lions just because you mentioned it, veteran leadership, a guy that's still really reliable, even at his age right now, I believe he is 34 right now and might be 35 once the season approaches. So he's on the older side for sure, but I still think he's a very productive player and kind of fits into that role that you just mentioned, that wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I, I truly believe that DJ Chark was their number one option if they were to bring back a guy, but it, it really looks like it came down to DJ Chark wanting to move off off the lines and have a more expanded role in Carolina where he could be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and it looked like this is kind of their plan B option in getting Marvin Jones. And this is still a good move ultimately at the end of the day. I think when we did our receiver – uh, breakdown on free agency we talked about how this class wasn't really strong and there probably isn't any receiver on this class that's going to really blow our socks off and that's just kind of how i feel right now and like i'm not over the moon happy about bringing back marvin jones but i think it's a nice responsible cheap move a guy that has familiarity with the city of detroit a guy that has experience in this league of being a good receiver a guy who could start at his age still i, I like the move you know and, and it's really cheap so um would i have preferred chark at the contract that he got at Carolina, absolutely. Because I think one year, $5 million is super cheap for a guy like DJ Chark. But again, you can't always control the player's mind of where he wants to go. Because I think Chark looks at it as like, hey, let me go to Carolina. I could be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two over there. And then maybe I can get that big payday next year in free agency. He's young still. He'll be 27 when he hits that market next year. So I, I think this was a good plan B move of not being able to retain DJ Chark, I thought this was probably the second best move you can make, honestly. Yeah, something with Chark, he just underwent ankle surgery, or he's going to, so. Yeah, and you mentioned it, durability I think is really huge. That's yeah. obviously an issue with DJ Chark over the last two to three years with him missing time. We saw it last year with the Lions, and with Marvin, it's not really a big issue in his career. You know, He's been really durable and really reliable, and you can count on him to be on the field. Right. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> I, 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 you know, I was, I, I'm glad we got Marvin Jones. Like, I, you know, I, I like Marvin Jones, man. I, I liked when he was here. Am I overly over the moon happy? Like, like you're saying, not really, um, because I think what DJ Shark brought to the team is it was a whole different aspect that um that I don't think Marvin Jones can fill that role. Marvin Jones is like you said, he's gonna be a leader. He's gonna be a leader here, but the the have the respect on the defense. To stretch the field, Marvin Jones not really going to do that. You know who does that? Yeah, Jameson Williams. I know that, but what happens? Jameson goes down for a couple of games. Well, I don't want to talk yeah, about that, that right yeah, now. All I'm saying is that you're one injury away from being fucked, and not, not I'm saying fucked as far as the offense is going to be bad, but 
you lose, you completely lose respect for the defense of beating you deep. Nobody on the team has that ability to beat you deep. You could at that point press man, press man everybody, and just see who could beat me, who could beat me deep. And that's that's the problem. That's why I wanted DJ Shark back because he has a big body, runs a runs a four three, and he commands that respect. And but you know what, Marvin Jones is gonna come here and you know do do just do what he does, man. I think he's gonna be be a leader. And um, I'm 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 hoping that they draft somebody because I don't I don't. Wide receiver three could be two if an injury happens. I don't I don't like that. Well, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, right now we have no choice right now, but. Uh, yeah, well, we have the three-round mock, maybe potentially grab a receiver, and, and that's, you know, we have a lot of ammunition to go do a move like that and grab a receiver. And again, you're not long locked long-term with Marvin Jones. It's only a one-year deal. Um, I and so. I mean, I, he's 34. 35. Yeah, I know, obviously. But my point is that saying is like, I still think there is room for improvement in this receiving corner. We could definitely see that in this draft, which we're going to get into very shortly because Reynolds got one year left on his contract. Raymond's got one year left on his contract. And obviously, Marvin Jones is a one year deal. So there's definitely room for improvement that you could get some guys on, you know, longer term deals for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Marv just turned 33 in uh, March on March 12th. I believe so it'll be 34. Okay. So he'll, he'll be 34. He's going to be 33. He just turned 33. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be 33 the whole season then. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's still on the other side, definitely, for receiver. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. like your bridge wide receiver three, wide receiver sure. four. He's going to compete with Reynolds, Raymond, and whoever the hell they draft. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if this was a replacement for Reynolds, I would say this is beautiful. Because I think Josh Reynolds and I think Marvin Jones bring you the same aspect. That They, they bring you the same thing. Whether, you know, if... if, if Reynolds goes down, you know, into Marvin Jones, and he didn't give you that same type of production because they're the same type of players right now. DJ Shark is a whole different aspect when he was on the field. It's a whole respect of, oh, this guy could beat me deep. Let's let's not play cover one. Let's play more zone. Maybe maybe two man. It's a, it's the defense play differently. Um, and then Marvin Jones is not going to do that if he's starting. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can't confirm that the Lions were you know, prefer DJ Chark, but it seems like they were, right? Like, from every report, it seems like they wanted DJ Chark and to bring him back. It looks like it was Chark's call at the end of the day, which, like I said, I understand at the end of the day why he chose Carolina over coming back yeah. here. It's a business. Exactly. 100% on his side, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because if he is able to stay healthy and he's able to be productive, guess what he gets next season? He gets a big a contract. Bag. A nice bag. He gets, he gets a good contract, you know? So, this is like a proving year for him, and he had a better opportunity to get more balls over there because... It's just him and um Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Thielen. Yep. And Thielen's like on the downside of his career. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, he has a big chance to be the wide receiver one over there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, you got a rookie quarterback, obviously expected to be there, right? Because you have the number they traded up to go get the number one pick. So Frank Reich there is their head coach. So I mean, I, I could see the intrigue of for for Chark, you know, to sign a one year deal. Uh, go prove yourself and go get that back potentially next year. Because I think if you were to come back here, you're kind of limiting yourself to a certain extent because, you know, Ben Johnson obviously wants to get Amon Ross St. Brown involved in every game. And we've seen that since, you know, he's taken over. And they traded up 20 spots to get Jameson Williams. So they obviously want to get him involved. So at that point, DJ Chark is your third option in the receiving core. So like I said, I, I completely understand the move from his standpoint of why he chose to go to Carolina where he's going to have obviously a bigger role. Yeah. Let's see what happens, man. Hopefully, again, I don't think this move is a shark replacement. I think he, this guy brings leadership 
and it's going to be able to help the team. But I don't think he's a DJ Shark replacement. I just, like I said, they, 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 these guys bring two different aspects of the game. Yeah, I'm not worried about that, man. I think the Shark replacement is not on the roster right now. Yeah, hopefully we could address it in the draft, man. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think you also have to mention, though, too, is like you could draft the receiver for sure, but I still think going into the season, there's a good shot this could be Marvin Jones or Josh Reynolds' job to be wide receiver three, at least going into the season. That's not a problem. Is it? I mean, it's not. It's not. As long as long everything is okay and health is good. But, man. I'm not, bro. Like, teams rarely have one really good receiver. We have two really good receivers, and we have a solid. Like, Marvin Jones is the number two right now on some teams. Around You look around the league, he's probably number two on some teams. He's going to be our number three. I'm not, I'm not worried about our receivers. What, what team is Marvin Jones the two on? For example, uh... <laughs> The team that he was Packers, the, the team that he was just on maybe before the they got Packers, really, the Jaguars. The they have Calvin Ridley in there. Well, I said before they had Ridley, before when he was suspended. When he was suspended, they still had um well, they had that Jones Zay guy, Jones, yeah. Zay Jones and um Kurt. Yeah. It's like it, it was like Zay Jones or Marvin Jones, probably wide receiver two there. Either no, or. Zone, I mean, Zay, who, do the, who do the Cardinals have? They're about to get rid of Hopkins. Who do they have? Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. They can't stay healthy to save their life. It's a definitely a low end. I mean, I could, I could talk about the Giants. <laughs> like, who do the Giants have a receiver, bro? They, like, that is, he'll be a wide receiver too on some teams. I'm not even trying to be funny. Yeah, I mean, it's not a flex. It's not a flex, but no, yeah. no, I'm not flexing. I'm just saying, like, we have two really good receivers. Some teams don't even have one. Like, we yeah. have two ones, in my yeah, opinion. He, he's, he's like a three or four at this point of his career. And that's we fine. Do. That's what we need. Like, yeah, we no, the, the, the thing I'm talking about is, like, you, the receivers that we had, even though Shark was injured back and forth, I think every receiver we have brings a different aspect. Like, you know, we with Amon Ross Brown, we know what Amon Ross Brown is going to do. He's going to work the middle or he's going to do those short out routes. We know what Amon Ross is going to do. Yep. Jameson Williams, you expect him to kind of do everything. You know, maybe he's going to take the top off defense, hopefully. Um, you know, see, you know, but and Shark, you expect the Shark to, you know, stretch the field. We don't have that right now. We don't have that guy to say, okay, you're going to stretch the field. We don't have that right now. That's J-Mo, though. J-Mo, yeah. That is? What do you mean, yeah? That's J-Mo. Yeah, it, it, it is. But my thing is, if, if he goes down, you're, you're screwed. You have and, nobody to scratch the field. I mean, you can say Khalif Raymond, but Khalif Raymond, put him on the outside, it's not a good look. I, I think they're fine, man. I think they're going to draft. I'm not, like, I wide receiver is, like, one of the least of my worries on this team right now. Because you have a baller of a quarterback, right? <laughs> I didn't want you to say it. I didn't want you to say it. It's all right. No, it's all right. 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 No, I just think Jamo and Amon Ra are like two of the best young receivers in the league. Like two of like one of the, you know, they're up there. Future Lions quarterback, Anthony Richardson, you're talking about Malcolm? All right. All right, guys. Enough of the quarterback talk. <laughs> Anthony, right. you're heard off. Like, did, you look up, did you look at my mark? Did you look at my mark? Is that a spoiler? Is that a spoiler? It might be a spoiler. Okay. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. Do one more news, and we're going to get into this three-round mock draft. Yep. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners. It's your boy, Malcolm, here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, 
injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys, we are back. So some other news, lighter news, Jalen Rees-Maven. Also another reunion here. He is back on a one-year deal. The Lions lost Josh Woods and Chris Board. We mentioned Chris Board leaving for New England, but they lost Josh Woods to the Arizona Cardinals, and they decided to bring back Jalen Rees-Maven. Quick thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's a great signing because you lost Josh Woods, right? And I think Reeves Maven, well, he was a captain with us, wasn't he? Too, he was. At one yeah. point. He was a captain. He's back. He's really good on special teams. And hopefully that's all they ask him to do is special teams because he struggled at linebacker with Houston last year. On special teams, though, he's a dog. He, he's a stud special teamer. So I like it, man. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that was drafted here. I liked him when he was here, obviously. And we even saw in the last year of his his deal in 21 when he played with the Lions, so it was with Campbell and, and Glenn their first year. And we didn't really have much linebacker depth. We had Anzalone and then he got rid of Jamie Collins early on in the season and he drafted Barnes, who was an SLA ready at that time. So they, they asked Jalen Rees-Maven to start a good amount of games and wasn't a bad football player, but kind of like what Pierre mentioned, I'm not expecting that out of Jalen Rees-Maven this go around. I think with having Anzalone back, um, having Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes being more developed at this point of his career, you're really just necessarily asking him to be in that Josh Woods role at this point of his career and what you sign him for is – is pretty much what you're asking. So as far as a special teams player, a good leader, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good replacement for Josh Woods. Oh, also, Chris, they lost, like, one of the best special teamers in the league, Chris Board. Yeah, he went to Belichick. He got a nice bag from them. Shout shout out to him, but, yeah. Yeah. If he's carried to come here and play special teams, I'm A-OK because, you know, he does that very well. Yeah, Jalen Maven's back on a one-year deal. It kind of fills in that void for losing Woods and Chris Board. So that is what it is, you know. I think solid move. I don't think there's like again, not going to blow your socks off, but when you see this news, but I think it's cool. Reunion was a guy who was drafted here, well respected. So you know, and and he gets to reunite with his former Tennessee tight, not Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Volunteer teammates, Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. 
Yeah, all three of them play together. All yeah, they're all in college together. Is Malcolm's not gonna have another Tennessee player okay. potentially joining? All right, let's let's get it. Let's get let's get into this mock. We've been talking about a lot of college prospects, so let's just get right into it. That's enough uh, Lions news. We we covered it all. So let's start off. No trades in this mocks. This is just straight three round mock of the picks that they are currently slated. Obviously, that could change on draft day, but we're not going to predict all that stuff because that's really difficult to do. It's already difficult enough to do these mocks, and when you start implementing the trades, it just gets really difficult. So here, we'll start off with you. Pick number six. You're on the clock. Who would you select? Okay, so I, I want to bring up something before. So I, I took Jalen Carter, but I just have like a little something to say. Campbell said he talked to his teammate, and his teammate said something interesting. And I'll say this too. If they take him, I don't have a problem with him. If they don't take him, I don't have a problem with either. Because if they don't take him, that means they just he doesn't check the boxes because it's their biggest need, and he's the most talented player on the board in my opinion. I don't have the information they have. So I'm just going right now by his tape. That's what I'm doing personally. They have all that information. They, they can make that decision. But just off the tape, purely, I'm going with Jalen Carter. The other stuff, that's for them to deal with. Yeah, Peter, you stole the words out of my mouth. That's exactly my same thoughts. I, I think I texted you this. This is my same exact thoughts. It's like if they pass on him, I'm not going to be disappointed because there's obviously some red flags being thrown around out there. And I don't have the information to talk to Jalen Carter personally and get to, you know, unleash that you know th- those flags right so if they were to pass on him it is what it is like i i don't know the information that they know but if we're talking about from just a player standpoint and what he offers on the field absolutely this makes too much sense if he's on the board which he was on my mock and this was a no-brainer for me because i know jalen carter the player and this is exactly what the team needs as far as a position um he's arguably one of the best players in this draft so if he's there and what i know it, it, it was a no-brainer for me, so I ended up taking Jalen Carter at pick number six. So we're all on Carter here at number six. It's looking like, um, yeah, same same reason that you guys just said I have Jalen Carter as well. Um, again, we don't have the information that Brad Holmes does. I'm pretty sure Brad Holmes is, is going to do his homework on Jalen Carter to make sure he does check all the boxes. And, and, you know, just to check, just to make sure his character, you know, is his character really like it going to be an issue? I personally don't think so. I just think this is a kid who is um, made a made a few um, judgment, not, not not the best judgment behind the wheel. Um, that's what I personally think. And I think it's something that's fixable. Now, what does Brad Holmes think about it? And um, does he see this going to be an issue? If not. Draft him. He's the best defensive player. I think he might be the, the best defensive player in the draft. And that's going to be huge because if, if Detroit can pull this off, you're talking about back-to-back years of drafting the best defensive player on in the draft. So that's going to be huge for Detroit if, if he does check all the boxes and they draft him. Yeah, I think it's arguable that you could say, well, Anderson's the best defensive player in this draft, who I, I'd probably I honestly get the edge to if I had to choose right now. But, that's no. but, that's, that's, yeah. but that's fair. You know, like Jalen Carter's right there, right? If it's not one, I think it's Jalen Carter. So, again, w- but would you be mad if they pass on Jalen Carter? No, because, like, bro, we've seen – I know you're recent I was asking that to Malcolm. Oh, would you be – Yeah, would you be No, because that means that they saw something or, you know, they got the information that is, is more than it is. And they just can't bring that to the locker room. Yeah. If there's something they can't bring to the locker room, I'm the thing is with me, I, I trust Brad Holmes with my life. <laughs> if awesome. Brad Holmes sees this is going to be a bad idea, then damn it, this is going to be a terrible idea. 
don't bring him in, you know. But we'll see what happens, man. I, I, I think, I think you know, you saw Brad Holmes that villain shirt. <laughs> I think he has that villain shirt for a reason. I think he's sending us mixed signals that this is what he, this is one of the moves he's gonna he's gonna pull um in the draft. Yeah. I do want to say one thing. Maybe though. he trades up and gets Will Anderson. They asked Campbell about like potentially having a good culture and taking a t- chance on guys. He mentioned that you could do it with one guy, but two maybe. So like you know how the Lions have a culture established. Isaiah Bugs is there. Ali McNeil is there. You know they'll they're gonna bring someone else probably. Who knows? But they they have like a good call. Angeloni is there. Camp. So you have a good mixture of vets now. We always talk about Lions liking veterans. You have Camp Sutton. You have C.J. Gardner Johnson. You have Anzalone. You have Isaiah Bugs now, who's like kind of turning into that leader on the defensive line. Right? The commish. Like now you have these guys where like you're starting to have leaders, guys. So you bring in a guy like, you know, like Jalen Carter. That That's the million dollar question right now. And we'll find out in one month. Yeah. I think it's interesting too that the Lions, I know they didn't end up with this player, but they were in meetings with Calais Campbell, right? Another interior defensive lineman, veteran. So like – it almost shows like, you know, they want to really build this culture here. And like, maybe they have a guy like that, have him put a, a young guy like Jalen Carter under his wing for a year or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. And Calais Campbell at 36 or whatever the hell he is, he's still a really good player. Yeah. Really good. Well, obviously that didn't happen. He signed with the Falcons, but the lines were in the mix as Campbell confirmed that, yeah. and, you know, with the, with the reporters. There was multiple teams interested in them. Just to yeah, I believe it was good. Detroit, the Jets, Buffalo, and then obviously the Falcons kind of came in last second. They they made it happen. So, all right. Yeah, we're all in the wings of Jalen Carter at pick six. So let's go on with our second first round pick at pick 18. Pierre, who do you got here? I'm taking cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He is an athletic freak. Um, let me pull up his numbers real fast. I forgot his exam, but I think he ran a four three five. Scored it. I know he scored at ten RAS. So he's he's never free. And the thing with him is he has some things he needs to improve on. But in Detroit, when you have Emmanuel Mosley, TJ Gardner Johnson, Cam Sutton, and you have Tracy Walker, you have these veterans. You don't need to start year one. Maybe next year you lose. Let's say Emmanuel Mosley, Deontay Banks is your starter next year. He's your CB one right now. He could be a depth guy. Or he could come in and compete and maybe take that job. But I love the value at 18 with a cornerback. And this kid is like, if he reaches his potential, I think he has the highest ceiling out of any corner in this draft just because how athletic he is. I don't know if he'll reach it, though. He has some issues he needs to correct. But I do think he's going to be a good player in this league. So I'm going with Deontay Banks. Yeah, I don't hate that one because that's interesting because obviously we saw Holmes went out this frequency and brought in a lot of corners with Sutton and then you got Mosley and you got Gardner Johnson who plays the nickel, plays safety. So as of right now, you have a lot of options. And you still have Jerry Jacobs and as of right now, you still have Jeff Okuda. So you have a lot of corners on this roster right now and adding another one makes it even more interesting. But I think corners should not be ruled out you know, for sure in the first round because a lot of these guys are short-term deals. You know, Gardner Johnson's only on a one-year deal, and obviously they could extend him throughout the season or maybe resign him in the offseason. Who knows what happens there, right? Manuel Mosley's a one-year deal as well. Only guy that's really locked up long-term in this cornerback room is Cam Sutton. He's the only one who got a three-year deal. I think everyone else, you know, the, the, there is no long-term commitment. You know, there's no long-term commitment with Akuda. There's no long-term com- commitment with Jerry Jacobs, and obviously the two guys I just mentioned, Mosley and Gardner Johnson. So, I don't think we could rule out a corner in the first round, and especially if there's a guy talented like Deontay Banks, if they like him a lot. So I don't hate that pick. There is one issue with Banks. It's his tackling. Uh, I'm looking at his numbers here. 
it says uh, he was first in mixed tackles with 30 t- missed tackles. Um, so that's not good. But like I said, you don't need to start him right away. And, you know, tackling is not hard to teach, right? Like you could teach tackling. It's not like I a – did it with Kirby Joseph. Yeah, I mean, Kirby improved as year went on. He still needs to improve more. But, yeah, I agree. So – a guy that athletic, I don't know, and just the way like when you when you watch him on tape, seems like he's like an AG type of guy. Like he's fiery, he's fast, he's physical. I don't know, he's a fun player. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be something that you're probably not not familiar with. I actually love that pick. Did you mimic me it? Agreeing. No, I'm saying that me agreeing <laughs> with Pierre about about his pick, man. No, I I love the pick. I think is um, is a great move. Um, you know, he doesn't have to start. A lot of guys that we have on the roster, like you did mention, uh, Tyler, one-year deals. Jerry Jacobs on his last year right now. Um, Jeff Okuda, they didn't give us fifth-year option. This this is his last year. Um, yeah, so we, you know, realistically, we really don't have guys, you know, after this year. So bringing in a, a corner who has all the traits right now, the, the – the, he has something he can't teach. It's the speed, that, that athletic ability. Um, don't rush him. Just teach him the game for a year and have him play next year, man, and see what he could do. Or maybe you could play him like maybe midseason or toward the end of the season and see how he, how he is. But, yeah, man, I think that will be a great move. Yeah, I mean, we see teams like Philly, right, like don't necessarily have a need for a defensive tackle last year. They have Fletcher Cox. They have Trevon Hargrave. They have multiple different guys, right? But they still go out and use a first-round pick on Jordan Davis because they're looking at the long-term future as well because both Cox and Hargrave were both free agents the the year following. So they look at what could be something that we can look long-term, right, and get a guy that could fill in that void. And they did that with also N'Kobe Dean. You know, they lost both their linebackers, and now N'Kobe Dean's probably going to step in as a starter. So uh, I think it's it's good. Smart business, especially when you have two first round picks. So. And also, Brad Holmes said he doesn't use a depth chart to draft. He's going to go with BPA. Like, if he thinks the best player is there, even if he has that like position filled out, he's still going to take the best player available because you got to remember, you don't just you're not just drafting for this year. Like, especially the first round, you're hoping to draft for the next decade. Like, you're hoping yeah. this guy stays with like first rounders. You hope they sign a second, potentially third contract with you. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. And with that being said, that's exactly the reason why I went with my selection here. Um, with pick 18, I selected Nolan Smith. And what Nolan, what Nolan Smith could bring you is everything you said about Banks, you're getting that in the edge rushing position. Um, this dude ran a 4-3-9. Um, he has all that ability that you can think of. But he doesn't have the best numbers. So I kind of compare him to, to a lot of like like Trayvon Walker as far as being raw. Um, not having the best college stats, but he has all the traits right now, and you don't have to start him right away. Um, this guy could come in and, you know, maybe, you know, towards the end of the year or midseason, just let him loose, man, and see what he could do. But this guy, I think he's going to be good no matter where he goes. Um, but, yeah, that's why I went with number 18, Nolan Smith. So I like it. You're reuniting the two Georgia boys together. Let's go. And I think I at was, 18, that, that's a really good value, too. I yeah, like that. I, I was considering Nolan Smith because he was also available on my board. And I'm sticking with your trend of taking a defensive lineman here. I'm taking Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Just a guy like a slight more than uh, Nolan Smith just because there's more production. I think there's more versatility here than Nolan. But, again, I really like the pick there. Got an edge rusher. And kind of going what we just said about corners, like the long term here, um, people are wondering, like, man, how many edge rushers are we going to have on this team? We have a million of them right now. But 
after Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston and Josh Pascal, don't really have much long term. Romeo's on a one year deal. Charles got one year left, and I don't think those guys are even guaranteed to make the roster right now. Um, John Kaminsky has two, but like it could be a one year deal, like potentially if they want to move off of him like next year, just depending on how the season goes, right? And the depth that they have. Um, so I, I think they could definitely use a defense alignment here. And my my thought process is you can never have enough defense alignment or offense alignment. There's never enough. I don't care how stacked your team is, there is never enough trench players ever. So if you have an opportunity to grab trench players, you go out and grab them, especially with your luxury picks. So I, I went with here Lucas Van Ness. And I like what Peter mentioned with the Brad Holmes quote. With um, He was mentioning his time with the Rams, St. Louis, right? He said, we had all these defensive linemen, but we still kept selecting them just because – you know, they were too good to pass up on and ended up working out, even if they had other positions of need. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, another athletic player as well, ran a 4.58 at his combine and going off his rest score got a 9.75. Also, something I like about Van Ness as well is that he played interior in college um, and is projected to be more of an edge in the NFL with his size. So I like the versatility here as well. I think maybe in that NASCAR package, you could put him inside. Aaron Glenn could have fun with a guy like Lucas Van Ness, move him inside, move him outside. Um, and that NASCAR package gets me really excited. I'm thinking Aiden Hutchinson, James Hughes on the outside, put Van Ness, Kaminsky inside. Let's have some fun. That's what I'm thinking with this pick right here. Um, so I, I like it a lot of being able to get a guy like this at 18. And like you said, the versatility, he could play inside as well. Yep. I put him inside on on third down, third and longs if I had him on my football team. One thing yeah, about him though is just he has like one move. It's like the bull rush. Yeah. I wish he had more, but like maybe you get that out of him. I think you could fix that. And especially the guy, the I forgot the D line coach exactly, but he did that with uh with those pass rushers at Penn State. Like he was mm-hmm. good at developing those edge guys at Penn State. I'm sorry. And I this guy's a high motor guy. This is like when you think of Dan Campbell, that's Lucas Van Ness. He and is I, a high motor guy. And Iowa doesn't really have any players that are bad character. Like you look at the Iowa program. I mean, it's yeah. a program that like fits in like with, with this culture. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, we might even mention other Iowa players in the draft that wouldn't be shocked for the Lions. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. All right. I like where we're going. I like all of like if the, if any of these were to happen, I'd like it all. Like if we got Nolan Smith and eighteen, I'd be really happy with that. And that's obviously Deontay Banks. So I like where we're all at right now. So, all right, let's head on to the second round. We have two second round picks. We got obviously one from the TJ Hawkinson trade, but this is the Lions' own second round pick. So this is pick forty-eight. Pierre, who do you got here? Okay, some people will hate this. Some people will love it. I don't care. I like it. I'm going with Hendon Hooker. Um, he's 25 years old, coming off a torn ACL, but he, he was raised in the same town that Ray Agnew is from. Winston, Salem, Tennessee, or something like that. I forgot. I think it's Winston. No, Winston, Salem, North Carolina. So uh, they're, they're both from that area. Ray Agnew has kept in touch with him. And this is a guy who, who could be your backup, right, to Jared Goff. And then if they don't want to pay Goff for whatever reason, you have like this in place potentially. Or he could just be your good, solid backup, you know? Like like the Patriots did that when they had Brady. They took Jimmy G in the second, Jacoby in the third. I think if Hendon Hooker was healthy, he'd be a first-round pick. But due to health, I think he's going to fall because I don't think a team wants to draft a guy who would potentially be 26 years old at the end of his rookie season and then not play, potentially. It looks like he'll play, but but we don't know. Um, so I'm taking Hendon Hooker. I don't know if you guys like it, love it, hate it. He's also athletic, you know. He has a nice arm. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm not a huge fan of taking quarterbacks that early, like in the second round. But I could understand this one because, like you said, I think this could be a first-round talent if it weren't for the torn ACL. I think this is a really good football player, honestly. Hendon Hooker, just reading off college numbers really quickly, and take it with the grain of salt because it's college numbers. But when you have an 80 to 12 ratio in college, you're doing something right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That you're doing something right. Like you're, 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 you're a smart player. That's that's what I'm talking about. If if certain players had stats like this, I wouldn't mind Detroit going crazy to draft him. Yeah, I mean, and he's accurate. Sixty six percent his college career, sixty nine percent his last college career. Nice, um, but like overall, like just he's a smart quarterback, and he has the ability. If golf were to go down in the season, God forbid, right? I think this is a guy that is like. Established, like he's in a pro style offense in Tennessee. He's he's older. He's he's have experience in college. Like I, I would feel comfortable if Hooker had to play a certain amount of games. For my so I do want to correct you though. The the knock on Hooker is he was not in a pro style. He was like in a one read offense, kind of like an air raid type offense, where if like your first read isn't there, you kind of just run or something. But you play in the SEC. You play in the SEC, yeah. But that's the knock on him. That's why a lot of people are. But like when you look at Ben Johnson though, like the offense is simplified for Jared Goff. And it's like a similar situation, like if Hooker comes in, right? I think you could build it around or like if he was to play, I have faith in Ben Johnson to potentially build it around his strengths. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and he threw a nice, also my bad, he threw a nice deep ball to Jalen Hyatt. And I think like if he would ever to throw to Jamison, I think he'd get that done as well. Yeah, I think just playing devil's advocate here of people that might not be a fan of it. And and I kind of lean towards this way a little bit is like, you're not getting a guy that's going to contribute for your team right away. And I know you say you look for the future, but I don't know when Hendon Hooker really contributes for your team ever. You know, I think at best it's your starting quarterback if you don't want to pick off. But that's like asking for a lot, especially out of a second-round pick. So um, I don't know. I, I think you could make the argument saying, oh, let's go get a player that can help contribute day one for this football team. Go get me a guard. Go get me a, another defensive player, whatever it might be. So – I guess that's playing devil's advocate, but I, I wouldn't could be coming later. Don't worry about that. Little but yeah, no, I don't hate this pick of Hendon Hooker. Uh, uh, this was what 48 first first second round pick. So no, I don't. To, to I don't be hate fair, it. I don't think he'll be there at 48. But he was there in this mock draft, and I did it a couple times. And he was there, like you know, yeah. I was trying to like be fair with it. So yeah, I don't think he'll be there, but I mean, he could potentially be there. I don't know. Man, anything's possible, man. I'm, I'm not gonna. You can't even say. I don't think he's gonna be there. Last year, if someone would have told you in the off season that Willis was going the fourth round, you would say, "Yeah, he'll be there." Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no. What was that? He went like late third or something like that. Early, yeah, early he went the fourth round. I think late third, but yeah, oh, late, yeah, late third. third or late, same late thing. Third? It was same so, thing. It was late day two, bro. I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah same shit. So know. yeah, there, there's a big chance. I mean, you gotta look at factors age. Injury is it worse than we think it is? Who knows? I mean, this, I, I personally wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the second, third, maybe even the fourth round. I mean, it all depends. Would Can, you is like, he going to play? Would is you he like play to pick? Year? Would I like to pick? Yeah. I don't know. Like, how would you feel if they took Hendon Hooker at forty-eight? At forty-eight, mm-hmm. I trust Brad Holmes. Okay, take that away. What's your opinion? You'll be okay with it at the end of the day, but like right now, if I told you you can make the selection. Is that like one of your first options, or would you like that? Would that be one of my first options? At forty, I mean, it all depends on the board. 
I want to hate it. Okay. So there is some optim with Hooker. It looks like he should be ready to go by like week one. But again, like you're still behind in terms of playing and practice. I don't know if he'll practice like a little training camp. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, is he gonna go through training camp? Is he gonna is he gonna play the preseason? So I'm looking up here. He's gonna. He said he's gonna start throwing like in a week and a half, a little. Um. So he's getting closer. He hasn't been cleared to like participate yet. So he tore his ACL what in November. He'll be able to do five step and seven step drops to throw passes in a week and a half. This was written today. He'll be cleared for straight line running in three weeks. So he's getting there. When he tears his ACL, November. Um, I forgot. I could pull it up for you. I think it was like right before the college play, or like right before like the season ended. So I want to say November because he was in the Heisman race for like pretty much the whole year, and he was actually like a favorite for a good minute. It was. Uh, November nineteenth. Okay, November twentieth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, November nineteenth looks like it. Yeah. I mean, just going. I mean, obviously, everyone recovers differently from ACLs, but just going from previous experience of seeing players, I feel like he could be potentially ready by like August if we're talking training camp. Isn't maybe ACL recovery like six to eight months? Yeah, that's like what I'm that. saying. So I could see him being. I mean, he'll probably miss OTAs hundred percent, but training camp, I think he could be there potentially. But who knows? Everyone recovers differently, so who knows? Yeah. Or my bad. I think it's eight to ten months. So we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, like I said, everyone's different, but yeah, I, I think he could be back by training camp. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Okay. Yep. All right. That's enough. I didn't hooker. My second round pick. I went here at pick forty eight. Uh, this was interesting because I didn't think he was going to be there, but I did a couple mock drafts, kind of like Pierre said. I got Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida, and I absolutely love this pick. How did you get that, man? <laughs> Oh, thank Pro Football Network. <laughs> that's why I did my, my simulator on. I got Osiris Torrance. That's a great pick. Yeah, yeah man, I cool. love it. Because I look at this guard position right now. You know, obviously, we're still waiting for Jonah Jackson to get his payday. I think that's going to happen any day at this point. Um, and Penny Sewell is obviously going to get the payday once his contract's up. You got, you know, probably going to make that extension probably next offseason or two offseasons, whatever, right? So you have some room to save some money on this offensive line because it's already really pricey right now. I believe it's the second highest paid offensive line in the league right now without paying Jonah and without paying Panay Sewell. So it's going to definitely be probably number one after those contracts are done. So I think the Lions could look at a guard here because they don't really have much long-term fill right here at the right guard spot. You know, you got Big V on a restructured deal and you brought back Graham Glasgow. But again, those are only one-year deals. You got Big V left one year on his contract. You got Graham on a one-year deal. So I'm looking more long-term here. And I got Osiris Torrance, who I think is a really talented player. I think arguably one of the best guards in this draft. And I think he fits in perfectly of what the Lions want to do. Um, and I think he could gel really nicely with the other guys that we have on this offensive line. So being able to get a, a guard at 48 that I really like a lot um, and long-term, get him on a cheap rookie deal, I think it, make, I think it makes a lot of sense. So I got Osiris Torrance here. Love it. Great move. Great move, man. Great move, man. Shit. I was looking for him in, in my second round, but he was long gone. Long gone. But – if he's there at 48 lines, you jump on that. You guys see my oh. trend, though. Trenches. Trench, trench, trench. First three picks. That's that's how you build those winners, man. That's the Niners, man. That's the Niners, how you build a team, man. Yeah. I love it. So, um, With my pick 48, um, I'm probably going to throw everybody a curveball here. I don't think anybody's going to be expecting this one. Um, I actually went tight end here. I went with Sam the Laporta. 
And um, Sam Laporta, he's, he's an athletic tight end. I believe he ran a four five nine. Um, he's a guy that right now, I think, I think right now a tight end could be considered a hole for this team. Even though we have guys that bring different aspects to the, to, to the team and can contribute, I think we're still missing that guy at tight end. And, you know, maybe Sam um, could be that tight end for us. So you draft him at, at, in the second round. He doesn't have that high expectation of being drafted eight overall like we've been doing or, or 10 overall like we've been doing. You draft him in the second round like where you should draft tight ends. And who knows, man, he could be our, our tight end for the future. Get another Iowa player. So I guess I was right. There was going to be another Iowa player mentioned <laughs> in this in this mock. I thought right. maybe Jack Campbell might have been mentioned, but I think that's probably his range that he would be taking, maybe 48. Maybe, maybe some of them. I don't have my 55 spoiler. But, um, no, I like Sam Laporta. He, he's a beast. Um, I do it all tight end. I think it's good value for him at 48. Um, and like you said, I think tight end is a hole right now. You know, you don't really have much – there right now. I know they drafted Mitchell last year. I think they like James Mitchell, but Brock Wright, you know, he, he I think he's expandable. He's a good football player, but like I think he's expandable. I think he could definitely upgrade. And then Zilstra, again, like an all right football player, but I think is definitely could upgrade. You know, after trading Hawkinson, you know, you had all those tight ends kind of merge together and have different roles. I, I think Laporta could kind of lead the way potentially if you take him here at forty eight. So I don't like I don't I don't hate that pick. I like Laporta and they also met with him. Um or was it? Oh, they, they did be with him. What was it? Damn it! I forgot it was his pro day or his combine. But but they did they did they they met with him. Um, I do like Laporta, but it's not my favorite choice. I'm not gonna lie. But I wouldn't be mad. I mean, it's another another weapon to this offense, which you know he, he's a do it all tight end too. He can block. Um, I can see Dan Campbell falling in love with this guy. Yeah. Is, is Iowa known as like tight end university or something? Or? Something like that. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, they had Kittle, Hawkinson, Noah Fant, uh, Clark, Dallas Clark. Or am I, is his name Dallas Clark? Dallas Clark for the Cowboys. Colts. Or Colts, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. He, he went to, he, he went, he went to Iowa, I believe. So. Yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess so. He can call that Seattle New. So, yeah. Sam Laporta could now be part of this, too. So Let's go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pick 55. The TJ Hawk. Speaking of tight ends, this is the TJ Hawkinson pick we got from, from trading camp. So I'm going to go off to you, Peter. Who do you got here? Pick 55. So I'm taking the guards. Actually, one of my guys in this draft is Steve. I don't know if it's Avila or Avila, the guard out of TCU. I believe so it's Avila. Avila. Okay. Steve Avila. So um, here is a fun fact about him. So he's played in 540 pass blocking snaps. He's allowed zero sacks. Uh, this is a guy who could also play center. He could play both guard spots. And he is, he's really, a, he's, a, he's an athletic kid. And he, he's, he, move, I'm sorry, he can move people in the running game as well. Um, day one starter. And you know how you said the Lions are going to pay Jonah? Well, I don't necessarily think they, they pay him. Um, just because you can't pay everyone on the O-line. I'm being serious because Chris Lindstrom got $20 million from the Falcons. That's a lot for a guard. Um, so you draft this kid, Avila, or Avila, and then maybe – I wouldn't be shocked if they take two guards in this draft just because that Jonah contract is going to be really tricky depending on how much he asks. If Jonah's asking for $20 million, like you could walk, dude. I love Jonah as a player, but not at 20 mil. Like, everyone has a certain price, right? Like, you're going to have to pay Sewell eventually. Right now, he's getting paid. Decker is getting paid. You can't pay for offensive linemen top tier money. It's impossible. 
I agree, but I think Jonah's a priority. That's I'm my a, opinion. I'd rather, rather lose Decker than to yeah, Jonah. Yeah, me too. To be honest with you. I think Jonah. I'm just saying, like, I'm saying, like, just the way, like, maybe some people won't like to hear this, but they haven't paid him yet. So we'll see. But they haven't. They haven't. I know. That's yeah. going to be tough, man. I, I want to, I mean. It's the reality of it. Like, it's a business, bro. It is a business. But, I mean, I think if they really want him back, they'll make it work. You think they'll pay a guard $20 million a year? I just don't see it. I, I think know. the draft will answer a lot of questions because if they take like a tackle early, that could be like your t- Taylor Decker replacement potentially, and then you go out and pay Jonah potentially because Jonah, like, yeah. he's a do it all. I mean, he he's really big for this offense. No, I love yeah. Jonah. I think Jonah is a great. He's like a really good player, but I mean, they haven't paid him yet, and that Chris Lindstrom contract just threw everything off. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't mind the insurance of you know drafting that guy just in case. They can't get a deal done with Jonah, and that way you have a guy there, you know, already. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, but I think they need to make that a priority of bringing him back. I, I agree, but like, I don't know. They haven't signed him yet. It's interesting. They have not. I think he'll deal with Gadon. We'll when is the deal? When, when is the deal up? Next season? So Next season, he's yeah. a free agent after this year. After this year, okay. So they have all all year and. Off season, a lot of deals do get done during training camp, so we'll see what happens. Um, but like Tyler said, if they draft like a Darnell, right? Like he could play guard, and then you move Sewell to left tackle, you put right to the right tackle, or they draft Skronsky, he's could start at guard right now, and then you move him to tackle, right tackle, and then Sewell to left tackle. Like you have your options, so a lot of that will tell, but I don't know if they want to get rid of Decker either. I mean, he's really good, so. We'll yeah, see. But I think I think Jonah's really good too. <laughs> I think Jonah, yeah, Jonah's. A, I mean, he's a. I think he's a top. I mean, I mean, resume wise, resume wise, um, he has more than Decker. I think he has more Pro Bowls than Decker. Yeah, I mean, I mean wait, wait. Did he yeah, only Taylor's never been to one, so yeah, De- or Jonah's been, been to one, one, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So resume wise, he he has Decker. I mean, yeah. I mean, age-wise too, it's a big difference as age, well. Age-wise, yeah, isn't Jonah like twenty-five or something? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and let me ask you guys a question real quick. I mean, if something happens to Decker, we do decide to move on from Taylor Decker. Do you, think they move, do you think they move Sewell? I think. Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's very possible you can move him to left tackle. I think yeah, yeah and Sewell. we've seen him at left tackle. He's still a beast. So I'm not. Yeah. So you put him left tackle, then you just dropped a, a right tackle. Like it's this offensive down. line class is really good. Like in the top, like where they're picking, kind of. Like that first, second round range, it's it's really good. Like, if you want Skronsky, I I mean, it's not my first choice at six, but if they really love that guy, I wouldn't be mad at it. Not my first choice though. Darnell Wright at eighteen would be a fucking great pick. Yeah, he's like, he's like a, he's like Sewell. His attitude, he's not as good as Sewell, but his attitude and the way he plays is like Sewell. The way he talks, like he's he's running just to take your head off. He plays like Sewell. He's not as good as him, but he's still a really good player. Yeah, but to answer your question, do you move Sewell to left tackle? I think you can make that judgment too. If Sewell is really progressing as a right tackle, and they can get a guy who's comfortable at left tackle already, maybe you just do that. So like, it, I think it's all, you know, it all. Yeah, the Eagles variants. wanted to do that with Lane Johnson, and Lane Johnson was just really good at right tackle, so you just yeah. kept him at right tackle. Yeah, so you don't always have to make the move. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I think as of right now. Wouldn't panic. You got a good offensive line. Let's just worry yeah. about that. We'll, we'll worry about that. Nobody's going anywhere right now. No, no, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. Jonah's going to leave and I want to pay Jonah. I'm just saying, yeah, no, like, no panicking right now. Yeah, no, no I'm just saying guys. it's like a little Nobody. discussion to have. Nobody's yeah. leaving. We still have these guys next season. Don't worry about it. They're going to be here for our Super Bowl run. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, going on to my pick 55, second, second round pick. I'm going to wide receiver here. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Another just athletic freak. Ran a 4-4-7 at the combine. He is also um, six six. Six three, sorry. Um, uh, they looked weird to me. But he's six three, so he's a big receiver. Um, and I think this kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier about Marvin Jones, you know, not being a long term piece, and Josh Reynolds not being a long term piece. I think this could be your ideal wide receiver three, your real ideal stretch the field guy, big weapon to go alongside Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. Not necessarily counting on him day one to be that guy because you have guys like Marvin Jones, you have guys like Josh Reynolds, but for the future, looking long term, and maybe even midway through the season if he progresses and gets better, I think this is a, a really good wide receiver to compliment Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think he fills that role. Um, I like it. Um, Pierre, how do you feel about it? Again, I like it. Not my first choice, though. Like, I wouldn't be mad, but he has an issue with drops, man. And I just, I don't know, man. You know how I feel about guys who drop the ball? I don't like them. That's yeah, with that's any fair. player. But, that's like, fair. I mean, if, if Holmes took him, obviously, I'd be on board. It's just not my first choice. I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. Malcolm. Malcolm, what do you got here? All right, man. At 50, 55. At 55, man. He fell to me. He was there. I picked him. I'm going with Hendon Hooker. Welcome. You're on board. Malcolm's on board. Hendon Hooker. What do you want to call it? The Hendon Hooker fan club. Um, Hendon Hooker fan club. I was going to say inappropriate with the like uh, you right, Hooker. Right, let's, right, let's, let's leave let's, it there. Let's relax let's there. there. <laughs> you know I mean? So with Hendon Hooker, he has all the numbers. He has. He's a guy who he can sit behind golf if you do want him to. You know, if things doesn't work out with Goff's contract, it's like you said, um, you have a guy right now that that's shown that he can play the game, that he has the numbers. Like you look at his his touchdown interception ratio, he's shown it. Last season, he threw twenty seven touchdowns and only threw two interceptions. The season before that, he threw thirty one touchdowns and threw three interceptions. So with him, it's not like oh, you gotta work on his on, on his mechanics, and so he has the mechanics. All right, now with him, he just got to learn the speed of the game because he already had shown that he could play at a high level. He's a very smart kid, too, um, and he could play at a high level, um, you know, completing at, you know, damn near 70%. I'm all in and stuff like that. Um, that that shows that he could win, and I, I do see him. No matter where he goes, I'm not sure if he's going to come to Detroit or no matter where he goes, he can win. So wherever he goes, he's going to get a hell of a quarterback. But if he does come here, I like the idea of him being a backup. I mean, he's already hurt right now. There's no rush to start him. He's not going to be a starter. You got golf. Um, and if things don't work out with him as far as, you know, if golf is just better than him, then he, you have a really good backup. And um, that that's the, that's the approach I'm taking right now. So, yeah, Honey Hooker, take 55, I'm down. And Malcolm, one thing I forgot to mention, too, is like the Patriots had Jimmy G and then they potentially traded him and got like they kept him and then. They traded him. So you could hold on to him. And then if a team is kind of desperate for a quarterback or like, you know, let's say Ben Johnson potentially gets a job somewhere and he wants a quarterback he's familiar with. For example, he tra- he, he, he wants to trade friend and hooker. Like stuff like that happens all the time in the league. So, yeah. um, I mean, but he has to, he has to show it as well. Yeah, that's what I'm say, saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying like in general, potentially. Like, 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 like for example, if um, let's just say if, and this is going on a little bit off topic, but just say if Trey Lance doesn't start the year as great. 
and Brock Purdy is just the starter right now. Yeah, you could trade Trey Lance, but are you gonna get a first round pick for Trey Lance? No, probably uh, not. I don't even think his value right now is like even a second, in my opinion. You see, and you drafted him at third overall, so you already lost. It's like it's like buying a car. You just lost a whole, a whole bunch of value. Your car got depreciated. Um, yeah, you have to show. It. I mean, I think that's something that like, Jimmy G he kind of showed a little bit in New England. That's exactly. why teams were comfortable with trading. You know, exactly. Uh, exactly. Get him. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, like, if he yeah. comes in preseason balls out, or say if something happened to golf, which doesn't really normally happen, and he comes in and plays well his time there, then yeah, he could trade. He could definitely trade him and get some pieces. But if he doesn't show you shit, it's gonna be the same. Yeah. You might, you might ship him off for a third. And the risk is, it's like, it's a good risk to take second round, late second round, you know? Like, if it doesn't work, whatever. It doesn't work. If it works, if you, it, you hit. If, if it doesn't work, I think you're going to get a really good backup. And then as far as a smart player, knows how to win, knows knows the game, um, you're going to get a smart kid. So regardless, I think it's a win for Detroit. I mean, you're going to get a backup. You, you People want a backup, here it is. You got, you got yourself a backup. And the guy yeah. could back is mobile, too. He could hurt you with his legs a little, too. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. That's, not, that's, not, that's not his first option. Though. That, no, that's, no, that's it's, good. it's not. But I'm saying like he's. Yeah. It's you guys, you guys mentioned the backup, and we mentioned the injury. I don't know if he's a backup right away from the gate. You know, from the season, it might have to be Nate Sudfield because they brought him back. So it might have to be Nate Sudfield for a little bit, and then once Hendon Hooker's fully recovered and more accumulate to the offense, then maybe you can make him the suited back quarterback. I have a exactly. bold prediction. I think Nate Sudfield's going to start the year on practice squad. So you think they bring another quarterback in? Right now, I'm just saying it right now as a bold prediction. I think he's going to be on the press card. He might not even be on the roster. It's possible. So they're, oh. so they're going to so they're going to bring another quarterback. They only guaranteed him like two hundred thousand or something like that, two fifty, which is nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think if you guys are going with this Hendon Hooker approach, I think he has to be your backup unless you bring another veteran in. Or you bring another saying, like right. undrafted guy and he yeah. outplays Sudfeld or something like that. We'll Which see. Is, I guess. I mean, I guess that's not. It's a bold prediction. Right now, I don't know who's on the in, roster, in, but in, 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 in my world, it's it's really, you know, Sudfield is going to be the backup, and then Hannah Hooker is going to recover, and then once he once he recovers, that's possible. It was going to mock that. That's how I think it would play out too. In, in the yeah. mock that you guys have, but I mean, that's that, that's the most logical. If you're going to take Hooker, that that's going to be the most logical situation. Unless yeah. you're going to get another quarterback after that. And, that's at that point. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you could do like a seventh round or undrafted guy and have a compete with Sudfeld, like you know, with like the Niners with Purdy or something you know like that. Which actually, do, Purdy, actually, a great example. Purdy outplayed Sudfeld last year. So you know what I think they're gonna do, Tyler? I think they're gonna draft the guy and then bring in an undrafted kid as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and they have him yeah. compete with Sudfeld. That's what happened last year. They drafted Brock Purdy with Mister Relevant, the last pick in the draft, and he outplayed Nate Sudfeld at least in their books, and they chose Sudfeld or they chose Purdy over Sudfeld. And let the best man win. Yeah, it looks like it worked out for them too. So, all right, uh, pick 81. This is the last pick for all of us in this three-round mock draft. Pierre, what do you got here? So I'm going with a guy. Maybe he's not as athletic. You know how Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't the fastest guy, wasn't the flashiest guy, but was a really good player. I'm going with Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver out of Iowa State. He's a little under, I believe, 6'2". Um, he's a really good route runner, and he tracks the deep ball well. I think this is like a solid wide receiver three on your team. That's what you drafted him for, and I just I love him. man. I think he could be a potential wide receiver, really good wide receiver two in this league. Um I'm just really high on him. Every time I watch this kid, it's like he doesn't do anything special, but he doesn't have like any like major like flaws. Like he, he's not the fastest guy, right? But he does everything right. So I'm, I'm going with Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State. 
Yeah, I like it. You know, a developmental receiver, when you have some veterans right now, kind of like I mentioned with Perry, um, you have the flexibility of not having to force that guy to roll immediately, let him develop, and then maybe you can unleash that as the season goes on and he could get a more expanded role. So, I don't I really like think he's like a developmental player. I just think he's going this late because he doesn't do necessarily anything special. Like, well, in your system, he's a developmental player. You don't need to force him to play right away. No, but I think he could like play right away. Like he, they're gonna compete. I, I think he could play right away, though. That's what I mean. That's okay. why I like him here. Yeah, I guess. I, I also mean, I like. I have a bull, not bull, but I think he's gonna be a better pro than he was a college player as well. That could happen. Yeah, we've seen that before. Yeah, that so happen. I like him a lot, man. I don't know if Brad Holmes feels the same. I know the Lions also talked to him at his pro day, so that's interesting. They like him too. Yeah. So, okay. Pick 81 here for me to round up my three-round mock draft. I take that backup quarterback. I go Tanner McKee here from Stanford. And this is not necessarily a sexy pick by any means. I think it addresses the backup quarterback, a guy who's healthy right now. So I think he could be your day one backup. I think you have him compete with Sudfeld. And I think he could outplay him for that backup spot. And this is a quarterback who has a nice arm, um, a guy that has shown – he could be a good quarterback when he has protection. And I think with this Lions offensive line, with this Lions run game, I think he has the tools to be a good backup quarterback in this league. And if anything were to happen to golf, God forbid, I think I would feel comfortable with the type of player that Tanner McKee that projects to be as my backup quarterback. I think he's a guy I'm comfortable with. And getting him here in the third round, pick 81, I think that's solid value. I mean, I think he's a guy that has solid tools, nothing that's going to blow you away. But, you know, I think a good backup quarterback in this league, and I got him in the third round. So I'm taking Tanner McKee here. There you go, man. I thought you said you wasn't really you don't like drafting guys this this is the second third round. I man. don't like drafting because I think the second round is guys that you can get players that contribute right away. But when you have two second round picks, and I, I got guys who I think are going to contribute pretty early on i think i could use one of these picks on a guy that could be a backup so i i ended up using the last one of the three round mock draft so again not my first choice just because like he's limited athletically he's not like he's a mainly yeah. a pocket passer he's not really mobile um but i wouldn't be mad if they took him i'm just I don't see I, like just, a, I don't see like a ceiling with him. I feel like he's just a career backup. That that's like that's, fine. that's all I need. That's all I need. You know, just a simple pocket passer who could start some games for me if I need him to. That's all I like, ask for. Personally, him. I would rather take a chance on uh, Dorian Thompson DTR. Let's call him DTR out of From UCLA because he has he's mobile. Um, he has more tools. Obviously, he's not maybe as polished or as a passer as McGee is maybe, but his ceiling is higher. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking who are guys that contribute for my team right now. If I take DTR, I'm not comfortable that he's going to be ready for the NFL when I have him, uh, if golf were to ever go down. Now, if now if golf were to go down, I feel okay with Tanner McKee as my backup quarterback. Yeah, like say, for example, I mean, golf doesn't miss time like that. I know, but, you know, you just – Let's give an example. Sure, say right. week six. Say week six. Yep. Do you feel comfortable with um the guy from UCLA? No, no I don't. I don't think he's week ready six? right now. No, I don't think he is ready either. So then you just have to start with what's his name? It's kind of like, like the Titans. Remember last year they 
like Malik Willis was not ready and they tried to throw him under the woods and you know it didn't work so they had to go outside Joshua Jobs but like I think McKee if he had step in for a game or two or for a stretch of games whatever like it's not gonna be great but I think with our offense and what we have around him I think it's simple and he could fit this offense well with what Ben Johnson wants him to do so I took McKee here so. and DTR by the way is not a third round pick he's probably maybe a fourth fifth or sixth round pick he's more development guy, but I just like the ceiling a little more that's but, fair yeah, that's what I mean. What I meant by like maybe it was a bad example because a later guy. What I meant is like I prefer a guy who's maybe could do a little yeah. more than just sit in the. He's kind of who's that tall quarterback you used to play for the Bears? Uh, Mike corner? Lennon. That's a tall quarter. Tall quarter. That's kind of what I see. Like tall Mike Lennon, sort of like Mike Lennon was okay. He <laughs> long was, neck. Huh? <laughs> Boy, that man yeah, had a long yeah, neck. Super long neck. neck. Him and Davis neck. Mills. His neck was on another level, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mike Glennon, it, it's kind of what I see with... Um, with McKee? Yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, he could start a few games, but it's, it's nothing like he's just a career backup. You could even say that with Davis Mills to a certain extent. I think that's a good... They're both in the same college. They both went to Stanford. So I think they're kind of similar to a certain extent, honestly. Twins. I think he just has a shorter <laughs> neck than Davis Mills, but yeah. So so Malcolm, uh, Cansey and Aaron Donald are twins, right? Uh, yeah, they're both defensive tackles yeah. from Pittsburgh, right? Undersized defensive tackles from Pittsburgh. No. <laughs> that's how it works, right? That's not how it works, man. <laughs> that guy's a completely different animal. Yeah, I like Canty though. I know we didn't. No, none of us took him in our mocks, but I, that's another player I like too. I wouldn't you know, mind. Up. And, and for the record, if if for some reason um, Detroit does pass on Jalen Carter and went edge with the six overall pick. I don't mind them drafting what's his name from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Cansey. At, at 18. I don't I don't mind that. Ooh, Will Anderson and Cansey. Ooh, that's nice. I think 18, yeah. <laughs> 18 is actually good value for him. I've seen some people that want him at six. I think that's really bad value. No, that's, that's that's stupid. No. But I'm saying like if they go edge, if they go edge around, around at six, and they come back at 18 and pick him up, man. Not to backtrack too much, but I make it real simple for my opinion. It's real simple for me. Just get a defense lineman at pick six, or if you want to move up and go get a defense lineman, just Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, or Jalen Carter. Get the get who get the best defensive player on the board. That's all it is. I don't care what it is. Right. Whoever's the best defensive player on the board, you draft him. I think you do that at six and eighteen. I think that's that's, that's the way they need to go. All right, yeah. Malcolm, who's your guy? Um, my guy. I actually went corner here at uh, 81. I went Garrett Williams uh, with, from Syracuse. Um, I just think he's a guy that could come in. Uh, he doesn't have to start again. Um, you know, you have – I think right now, I think the starting cornerbacks are, are there. You know, you have your starts, you have your backups. You don't really have much expectation for, for a, a rookie. He has time to learn the game. So I think that I could give Garrett Williams, Garrett Williams time to um, polish his game, polish his technique. And let's see what happens next year. And I think next year he can actually compete um, for – he could probably start next year, depending on how much he develops. So I think that will be a good pick at um, at 81. You want another third-round developmental defensive back from Syracuse, huh? Yeah, Fatou Malafanu as teammate. I don't know if he played with Malafanu, honestly, but <laughs> they took yeah. a third-round, you know, took a flyer on a Syracuse defensive back. So yeah. okay. I, I like – again – I'm sorry, I'm like a little now picky. My first, now my first option. No, 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 first option. I don't like. Well, I would hate it if it in, in my opinion, he's more of a zone corner. And we play a lot of man, but yeah. I mean, you, you know corners. You study corners. You used to, like you played that in high school and whatever. So again, not my first option, yeah. but I would hate it. 
Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm picky, bro. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, get that I, hear you, I, I, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. Like, usually when I'm looking at corners, I like, I, I like the good 40 times. I like um, knowing that they can play the man, they, they, you know, they can press. I like all that stuff. And then I, I look at instincts as well. Instincts as far as being able to break on the ball and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, he's not really, he was there. I think, right, I think at 81, he was the best corner available. At that in, in this mock, so that's why I picked him. No, that's yeah. fair. Like, he's I'm definitely not honest, my first bro. I'm not he's like, not my first, he's not my first. He's definitely not my first option. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like some picks, like I feel like I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just me being honest and having a. It's preference. picking hairs. At the end yeah, of the day. yeah, it's like it's just having based on preference, you know. And we don't yeah. always have to agree with each other, and that's it, okay. Yeah, definitely. And the thing with this, the thing with this mock, and I think it's a little bit harder, is because. We didn't have much needs. The Lions don't have much needs, and where the the draft is like so spread out is like, all right, where do you think? What position do you think the Lions are going to go here? Like, you know, in the past we kind of had an idea, like, all right, first round for sure going to get an edge rusher, you know, or you know, we're definitely going to get this position in the, in the next pick, you know. But now it's like, who's going to be the best player available? <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Like, so we're going off our preferences, basically. We're pretty much going off off our preferences. Which we think is the best players available at that point because I think that's the way Brad Holmes is going to take this draft. Just go BPA this whole entire draft. You know, I have another bold prediction. Just speaking of corners, I think Cam Smith out of South Carolina is going to fall down boards a little. Maybe I'm wrong. Cam Smith from South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina Carolina corner. Is that the one that had a horrible combine? I don't know if he had a horrible comment, but I think he's kind of overrated, honestly. You're thinking of Brian Branch, I think, had not a great combine. No, 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 no. I think it's, I think it's uh, the guy from South Carolina. I don't know if he had a bad comment or not, but just, like, when you watch him, like, man, I don't know, bro. I just. Cam Smith. It just, it just rings a bell. Cam Smith. The South Carolina corner. He, I'm not going to four, four, five. Oh, no, never mind. It's not him. I'm Six thinking about. Got nine for I'm thinking about from Texas A&M, Jalen Jones. Okay. Hmm, okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking about. All right. I think that's a wrap. I hope you guys all enjoyed this three-round mock draft. Like I said, we'll probably do another one of these probably right before the draft. We got a little less than a month away from the draft, which is crazy to think about and really exciting to think about. So really excited for that, obviously. But uh, again, yeah, that's all we have for you. If you could leave a five-star review, it's always much appreciated. And I'm out, guys. Peace. Before we leave, man, I got to give a shout-out to Tyler. We did, like, some free agency um, predictions or guys that, like, Lions could sign. And Tyler hit two of them, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Marvin Jones. Shout-out to Tyler, man. Malcolm, we got to hear these sirens, bro. Yeah, he called it. He did call it. Even when I was like, I was like Marvin Jones. Ugh. I, I, I hit up Brad Holmes. You know, say, what, what, what you think about these ideas? You know, and uh, did you guys? Sorry to go. I know we're on again, but did you hear the story about CJ and Brad Holmes and like how he landed him? How he woke up his whole house? I mean, I would um, if I was yeah. GM too. I would woke up my whole house too. Yeah, I was going crazy when I found out the news. If you guys were on that Instagram live, oh my god, that was a day. I posted that, so if anyone's interested, I posted that on my Instagram. But yeah, that Instagram live was probably the greatest Instagram live I've ever posted in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was um that was interesting. Yeah. That the whole process because you guys were not available. I'm trying to tell you guys that we signed them. I was out with some friends. Like I'm just gonna fall on D and D. Let me just enjoy my night a little. Lions are probably not gonna sign one. It's fucking eleven o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. I'm gonna chill. 
Yeah, I was playing Next, actually, <laughs> I actually want to give a shout out to somebody. Um, there was a I want to give a shout. There's a there was a guy on Twitter. Um, his name on Twitter is Certified Vanilla King. He actually that was great. The second one that, that predicted Marvin Jones being, he actually told us, nobody believed him. He said he saw Marvin Jones at Mom's Spaghetti. Everybody thought it was a joke. Everybody took him, took him as a joke. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, it, certified another king. To be fair, it was a joke, but he actually worked. And Marvin Jones went along with that. Marvin Jones went along with that. Marvin Jones said he didn't vomit because remember the Saints players were in town and they had it and they all got sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. good, man. That was good. All right, yeah, we're we're going too much down a rabbit hole. I hope yeah. you guys all enjoy the episode. I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace.